I don't. I've gained weight. <laughs> I've, I've, I've gained a lot of weight too. I've gained a lot of weight and I have not, I had chicken tenders for dinner. What kind of sauce? I got one called Vampire Killer, which is like a garlic aioli. Sure. And then I got one uh, that was buttermilk or buttermilk ranch. And like when you were eating them with all these delicious sauces, like did did you hear 13-year-old you talking to you in your head? No. I do. Do you really? I do, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't hear 13-year-old me. What I heard was everything is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> of you joining us for the very first time this is icon or wycon the show where we break down your favorite film universes one flick at a time my name is andrew david sotomayor and i am here as always with the zola to my red skull mr cj laroche Hello, Andrew, and welcome <laughs> to Icon or Vicon, the show where we break down your favorite film universes, one movie at a time. That was, was, a good, that? was that okay? Was that that right? was a good German. Yeah, that was good, yeah. right? That's good. Yeah. I really like that. All right. Yeah. All right. So I am the little guy who has all the ideas. And you are the big bad villain. I feel like that's a little bit of a role reversal in how Icon or Wycon got started. It really is a little bit of a role reversal, but like I just want the the face reveal. That's really it's really yeah, it's really about the, the like, face the mission reveal. Impossible pull off yeah, the mask. Yeah, as long as yeah. I can pull off the face, I'm in. You know. Cool. Also, Hugo yeah, no. Weaving has my whole heart. Oh, dude! I, Incredible. Just, yeah, he's so good. He's so fucking good, man. Yeah, we, we should tell everything. We, we should tell everybody what movie we're talking about, but I, I can All hear right. that we're like excited to just dive in. But like, let's All right, tell cool. The so t- today on Icon or Wycon, we will be discussing Captain America. Please, some come see the Avengers, you guys. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> it is a two-hour teaser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I lifted that directly from our friend Ryan George um, because that's exactly what this movie is. It oh is a God. trailer uh, full of Easter eggs, and it's a primer, really, yeah. for the big the thing that's coming. Just kind of lubes you uh, up. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> it, it always feels better when you do. Um, when they do shoot. Oh. So no, it's, uh, it's, 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 it was my introduction to the MCU actually in chronological order for me, this was the first Marvel cinematic universe movie that I viewed. Oh really? Yes. Yes. I did not see Iron Man first. I saw Captain America. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not right. No, I definitely saw Iron Man first, but I think I, re- I think I maybe watched Captain America like again, first for some reason i have captain america first but it is it's captain america the first avenger absolutely uh so this was an interesting case for me because once again i liked this a lot better than i remembered liking it same z's and i don't know if that's a testament to how strong it is i don't know if it's a testament to who i was when this film came out or i don't know if it's a testament to how much bullshit i've seen since this movie came out but i, I liked it a lot I think that it's number four. (laughs) (laughs) How many things are set up in this movie that pay off later? You know what? I, that was one thing that was really satisfying about watching this again. I was like, all of these details really did come back. Every last one of them. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's fascinating. And I think, you know, there's a lot that went into how this movie sort of tracked and like the trajectory of the MCU, you know, because I think that if Chris Evans wasn't so amazing in this role and this, then the captain America character, like wasn't so um, well established um, in this movie, mm-hmm. you know, who knows the direction that the MCU would have taken. But that being said, you know, this, the central conflict between Tony Stark and Steve Rogers is set up, I think, in this movie with uh, Tommy Lee Jones' character speech about wars, you know, are fought with weapons, but they're won by men. Yeah. 
you know, when he quotes Patton. Yeah. And that's like the central conflict between Tony and Cap going forward. And I love, you know, hearing that and being able to make that instant connection in my mind as soon as I hear that. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, no, totally. Like that's that was their first fucking argument in the Avengers, which we're gonna get to. Yeah. Um, but that becomes a big source of conflict for them. One is a war profiteer or son of a war profiteer, essentially. Right. And right. the other one in and this the, movie again. Oh yeah. Right. And the other one with no powers will jump on a grenade to protect his comrades. It's who he is. Right. He's a hero. Right. No, absolutely. And he wants to be a part of the action. He wants yeah. to serve his country. He wants to, you know, in that moment, he wants to die for his country. Um, and, you know, it's, it's funny because there's a little bit of like rah-rah America in the um, <clears throat> sort of the surface level Captain mm-hmm. America, right? But at the same time, like this was all like going back to when the, you know, the comics were first written, this was all anti-fascist propaganda. It was. You know, and, it and was I, written so that people would realize that like there's Nazis in America and y'all, that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> No, and what I think is super interesting is that they dedicate a whole plot thread to him being a part of the propaganda machine. Yeah. Because we yeah. know that Captain America was part of the propaganda machine in real life. Absolutely. And I thought that was great. I thought that was a great social commentary payoff. I read an interesting article about the genesis of this movie saying that they made some tweaks because the Obama administration had sort of replaced some of the anti-nationalist sentiment with hope and hope for change. Mm. And they thought that that should be reflected in the Captain America movie, that in filming the movie, the temperature of the nation's relationship with America was such that they were concerned about the content in the movie. And the Obama administration's uh, sort of mantra of hope and change kind of changed public opinion. So they needed to reflect that in the movie. Wow. And it's interesting because you can see it when you know that and you watch the movie, yeah. you can really see it. I was like, it is a very optimistic film. And I thought that was nice, especially after 16 months of dealing with such garbage. Like it is, a, <laughs> it is, a, it is an optimistic film. It's quite lovely. Yeah, no, totally. And, and right from the jump, you know, we get this, this character, um, you know, the CGI notwithstanding. Yeah. You're not crazy uh, about it. I don't mind it at all. And I'm yeah, usually the it. one that has effects complaints. I hate it because I know what Chris Evans looks like. <laughs> like I know that that, and that's not him. And also like, he's too little. He's so little. He's, he's got a too big little, head. So little. And he's got this. Yeah. It's <laughs> weird. Um, he didn't have to be that little, but no, but right away you can tell that this guy is like, he's one of us. You know, he like, he wants to enlist, not, you know, not, not any, I'm not saying anything against folks that dodged the draft in for the Vietnam war, not saying anything against them. They had a point, blah, blah, blah. I get it. But like, so, so often we're faced with people that were like, no, I'm not going to war. I'm, I'm going to stand up against that. Like, I'm not going to do it here. We have someone who's, you know, in the middle of the, the ninth of world war two is like, I need to be there. He wants I to be there. To fight yeah. You know what I mean? I need to, I need to do something meaningful. Um, and, you know, war was the backdrop for that. Right. Uh, and then he goes to the movies and he's like telling the guy to shut up as like the newsreels are playing and he gets taken out into the, the alley and he's getting the shit kicked out of him. And then like one of the great MCU lines is spoken for the first time. I can do this all day. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I know that. That's from the other movie. That's from the other movie. It's so good. It's it's so good. And then how he picks up the shield, how he's always drawn to the circuit of the shield. Yeah. Well, we've got the progression of the shield in this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like first we have the trash can. Yeah. And then later we have the cab door with the star on it. Yeah. And then Howard His- Stark gives him the vibranium without anything. And then finally they put the, the star and stripe on it fantastic i love it's, it i love no, it i love it i love it it's it's really really well put together chris evans does a fantastic job and i remember being nervous about his casting because he was so famously the human torch just prior to this movie yes so and like g- kudos to kevin feige or joe johnson whoever it was who put the original human torch in the stark expo did you catch it 
I didn't catch it. So when we first get to the Stark Expo, when Bucky and Steve go to the future, yeah, right, another fabulous fucking foreshadow. Yeah, uh, Phineas Horton, the uh, the Invisible Man, that he was the original Human Torch. Oh, how like cool! On display at the Stark Expo. Yeah, the Stark Expo. So this thing is like this thing is just this movie is just like one fucking giant Easter egg trailer. It's layered. What's funny is think about where this movie falls in the greater universe. That's what's fascinating because by the time they finally get to this movie, because there were a couple of rights disputes that led to the constant delay of this movie. And, and so much so they had been talking about this movie for so long that John Favreau had auditioned for it and Louis Leterrier auditioned for it too. Wow. Yeah, both. And they gave them other Marvel movies. They were always in the mix, (laughs) but there was, there was a rights issue because Famously, they had already sold the rights to uh, Captain America. There yes. was al- it was already a movie that's actually not bad. It's not bad, Andrew, but it's not good. But it's it's pretty satisfying for what it was when it was. Okay, fine. Also, the original Captain America cameos in this movie. Really? How did I alongside, miss that? Alongside the Stan Lee cameo for uh, I thought he'd be taller. The oh, guy sitting next to him is is the original Captain America. It's a great cameo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, where this movie falls is so funny because you. this is where you start to see that you have a producing team that is that has a big picture in mind, right? Yes, the connective tissue is fucking strong. Because th- there's been certain improvements. Iron Man's great, but Iron Man is so isolated. Iron Man 2 is c- complicated. Hulk is a co-pro. Thor has a saggy <laughs> act two, right? We're still kind of oh, figuring yeah. it out. You leave Thor alone. It's got a saggy act two. But we get to Captain America and it's like, all right, here we go. We've introduced all of these characters. This is sort of our last core Avenger yep. that we need to introduce. And once yep. we do this, we're going to do this, then we, this, then this, we can go. this, and this. Because yep. they because they make sure they introduce Zola. They make sure they introduce Bucky. They make sure they introduce Agent Carter. Yep. They make sure they tie oh, it back. Hold on a second. We should pause Haley, for Agent Carter. Haley Atwell. God, she's good. Not only is she fucking stunning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But I mean, okay. like, she kind of looks like my wife when she's dressed up at the Nightingales. Oh, side note. Lena had a comment about the hair. It wasn't, it, it is not New York Nightingale 1940s approved. Wow. Yeah, she's like, uh, they could have done her hair much better. I was like, okay, Lena. I mean, settle down over the there. Nightingales were serious. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The Nightingales were serious um, about that. So I believe her. Yeah. But uh, Haley Atwell is, is such an amazing actress. My God. When she punches out that dude at Camp Lee High, I am like, it's so satisfying. It's really, really great. Uh, I love when she shoots the shield. Well, here's the thing, man. Did she know that that was vibranium? I don't think she like, She tried to straight up kill him for kissing Princess Marjorie. I don't think she cared. She must have <laughs> known. She must have known. She's not a murderer. I don't maybe well that's but that's that's the magic of that scene you don't know no you don't know she's dangerous she's she's dangerous dangerous. yeah yeah, it's cool it's cool her 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 spinoff is so good oh my god I I, I never watch it but I dig the fact that like everybody knows she kind of has her own rule book happening yeah she she plays along but if it means something to her she's pretty much going to do what feels right she goes with her gut just fine not worried about it like let's just legit take this let's just (laughs) <laughs> let's legit just take Howard Stark and his private jet into right. a no-fly zone to right. do this for you. And Howard's crazy as fuck. He's like, can we go get some fondue? <laughs> it's another great joke. They, they really get some mileage out of that fondue joke. They do. I like that. I like that. Um, but you were saying, so we've introduced all the characters. Yeah. And now away so we go. You can just see in the writing of this movie that there's an understanding of a long game happening now. Yes, and, an and, end game, if you will. Oh, you said it. And it's very, very cool to now, after the fact, have doubled back and looked at this because all of that thread building is so important. I mean, Howard Stark's car levitating, that technology is present in Iron Man. Yep. Like that gets developed. 
Uh, the Tesseract how, is super important. The Tesseract, so, dude, how about like the fact that he drops the, te- and this may have been accidental, but Schmidt drops the fake Tesseract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And it explodes and like what's inside of it is the space stone. It's not in that actual one. He, the world's tree is where it's hidden, right? The secret box, that snake is Jormungandr, who's akin to who in Norse mythology? Loki. It's all there, man. And like, it's so good. It's just so good. And also, you know, uh, our friend Sarah, uh, Sarah from Don't Tease the Animals podcast loves all the Raiders of the Lost Ark shit in this movie. I bet. Oh, there's so much Raiders shit. Well, and I that's mean, Joe why Johnson, of course, you know, who won an Oscar for effects for Raiders, but we've got like, you know, we've got Nazis. I love that Red Skull says the Fuhrer is searching for trinkets in the desert, yeah. right? Like, that's he's looking that's, for the ark. Like that's it's a Raiders reference. About. It's a Raiders reference. It's so good. And what's so good? I was just like Joe Johnson, and I look up his IMDb, and I'm just like, oh, Star Wars Raiders Rocketeer. Yeah, perfect. Captain yeah, America. It's uh, and October. It's yeah, it's, it's perfect. Why wouldn't you use him? He knows exactly yeah, no. what this movie should look like. We start in Norway, and we just came from Thor. Like it, it's all there now. They're saying, "Wow, this is what we have." Yeah, you know, and we're and gonna like capitalize day, on it. We're gonna just like someone, you know, we're gonna make all these movies, and then the Larorder is gonna tie it all together beautifully. Also, side note, fun bit of trivia: designed as a standalone. This film designed as a standalone. Initial intention wow. was for it to be a period piece, mm. and we were we were gonna figure something else out with the Avengers later. That was the original idea. It was Damn. a change to make it tie into the big picture. Yeah. Well, no, they did a great job. And I mean, there were, you know, whether it was accidental or not, it all tracks. It was just part of the rewrite. I think, and I think it came from a smart team being like, what's the movie that comes after this? Let's make sure we set that up. Yeah. Yeah. And then they just continue to do that the rest of the way. Pretty much. Yeah. It's pretty spectacular. Uh, I think it's important that we talk about Tommy Lee Jones performance. Absolutely. Because wow, I love him. What a great actor. He's, oh, he's such a great actor. And you know what's really, really great about Tommy Lee Jones is he plays Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> but, but he plays Tommy Lee Jones, the U.S. Marshal. He plays Tommy Lee Jones, the uh, man in black. He plays Tommy Lee Jones, the this. Tommy Lee Jones, the that. And he adjusts it. To be what it is, you know, like even Tommy Lee Jones, the two face in the weird Batman movie, like it was still great because he's so good. He's great. He's really great. And the thing that I love about this performance is that he's so unflappable. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's such a there's such a no change from angry to satisfied to annoyed to tired. He keeps it very professional the whole time. But you know what he's feeling. Yep, his feelings are there. Honestly, yeah. mm-hmm. if what do you say? If you had something to good, if you had something to say, now would be a good time to not say it. Yeah, now would be a good time to keep it to yourself. To keep it to yourself. Oh my word! His delivery is so spot on. I love that he's writing Steve Rogers' sort of like death letter. Yep, and the whole battalion yep, his, comes back. Let's telegram. talk. Let's talk about this rescue mission. This rescue mission, and it. See, this is great that there's this much content because we finally get to do what we always wanted this show to do and talk big picture universe moves, right? That's it. Because fucking when he comes back with that battalion and I was like, this is the shit that Isaiah tried to do. (laughs) And I was like, that's so good that they tied it back to this. What great world building that Falcon and the Winter Soldier connects effortlessly to this movie absolutely no it's fantastic that when he is out there and you know you he sort of goes through when he's you know first figuring out the show and punching hitler and then like there's a scene uh where he's like watching one of the reels and he kind of like smiles and you know can see like he's getting into like, it, yeah starting yeah like he's starting to feel satisfied by it and then he goes to the front you know, yeah. he's not just in Milwaukee or Baltimore, right? Or Philly or Boston or Baltimore. He's like actually in the war zone. 
and the guys are like not impressed. They're you know, not doing and it. He, he draws that, he draws that cartoon and, you know, and he's like, man, I, like, what am I doing out here? You know? And then he hears about Bucky and then it's call to action. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Bucky's such an important galvanizing force for him. Mm-hmm, he loves mm-hmm, his friend. Mm-hmm. He always, yeah. and he always will. And then we know that now, no matter yeah. what. Do you know what's interesting about Bucky and this movie and the rewatch? Hmm. I had it in my brain that like Bucky was like super jealous of Cap. Yeah. But that's not the case. No. That that's not in the movie. It's not in the movie. But I had it in my brain that like and, and as I went through the rest of the MCU, like I always had that in the back of my mind. I'm glad it's gone now because yeah. their friendship is so solid. Their friendship is pure. Their friendship is pure and and waking up 70 plus years later when Cap has lost everything, the opportunity to possibly save Bucky at last is such a big fucking deal for him. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that when he gets there and like Bucky's on the table, like they were probably experimenting on him, which is how he was able to survive the fall, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty spectacular. And Sebastian Sand is amazing. Um, Sebastian Sand is a hunka hunka amazing actor. Yeah, yeah, he's so so good. Hugo Weaving is Red Skull. Right from the jump when he shoots uh Walder Fitch. Fitch, what's the Harry Potter's guy's character's name Finch. that he plays? Fetch? Finch. Finch? Isn't it Finch? Whatever it is. You got Walder Frey and the guy from Harry Potter. Uh that guy's also in um that Ricky Gervais uh, show um, where his wife dies. Anyway, he's great. He's, actors, he's a great actor. But right when Red Skull shoots him and like gets blood on the Hydra skull head, it's like, yeah. wow, you guys are fucking thinking. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, no. it's it's He's incredible in this role. He's so good. I think it's so fascinating that he opted to not come back for Endgame. Because he doesn't want to be pigeonholed. Yeah, he's he has he had hit his cap of major tentpole franchises. (laughs) Oh, you like that? (laughs) I did. No, I loved it. it. (laughs) Yeah, it was very it was um, that was very elfish of you. It was no, you got to respect that, man. Like W is for weaving. Yeah. Okay. The guy knows what's up. He's so talented and he's so brilliant. And he was such a good, good Red Skull. He was genuinely threatening. No, absolutely. He's I mean, so here we are. Fucking scary. Here we are with the same Marvel villain problem, right? Like it's the villain with the same same power. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the hero. Uh, but it doesn't matter because he pulls it off so expertly. And you use the word threatening, man. Like it's it's a problem. It, yeah, he's very, he's very a problem. Scary. Red Skull's a problem in this movie. He's very scary. I have a question for you. Okay. On the rewatch of this film, were you suddenly struck by how much DCEU cribbed from this movie for Wonder Woman? <laughs> I wasn't. I would like you to expand on that. I mean, period piece, fish out of water story. Yep. A band of merry misfits that goes on an impossible mission, one of which does not speak English. Howling Commandos, yeah. Like, there's a lot in common here. <laughs> well, I mean, fuck, if it works. Yeah. And honestly, you know? in, in, in real time, in the comic books, they were parallels of each other. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That was It was an intentional thing that the, these rival comic book companies were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the Howling Commandos, watch this movie with Lena. She's on board for the MCU journey now. Uh, started with Thor and Captain America. I she I feel like I'm not going to make her watch the Iron Man films. Like we get t- Tony Stark will be introduced anyway. Yeah. So she's watching this movie. One of the Howling Commandos. She's like, "Is that guy from Angels in the Outfield?" And I'm like, "There's no way that that guy is from Angels in the Outfield. It, it's one of the she's yeah she was right. Like one of these guys is in Angels in the Outfield, and she recognized him. I mean, how many years was that? Twenty. She recognized him. Which guy? That's a great question, man. Was it's it dumb one dumb? of the 
Uh, it could have been Dum Dum. Give the me a moment. The one with the bowler and the mustache. The one with the bowler and the handlebar mustache. Yeah, well, I mean, that's Neil McDonough. Neil McDonough is is a that guy. Yeah, is he the bad guy from Angels in the Outfield? Uh, I'm not sure if he's from Angels in the Outfield. That's why I don't I don't really remember that movie. But Neil McDonough is one of those people that you see in a movie, and it's just like, oh, him. Yep, that's no, it's absolutely yeah, and she yeah. recognized him from yeah, Angels no, in the Outfield. No, Neil McDonough is a total that guy, and and he has the unique distinction of like getting hotter. Like he's oh, like with age. Yeah, he's always been attractive, but like as he got older, his hair got whiter, he got more muscly, and she's like, God, that's that's that guy. Yeah, I love Neil yeah. McDonough. I'm a, a, but I'm yeah. but you know me, I, I am passionate about a sequel and or that guy. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me. Listen, there's a lot to be said for you. Yeah, so he was one of the ball players in Angels in the Outfield, the pitcher, and she fucking recognized him. Of course, unbelievable. Yeah, but no, you're you're right with the Wonder Woman parallels. Um, but again, like if it ain't broke, bro, yeah. don't fix it. Yeah, no, it it works. Um, a lot works about this movie. It's pretty special. I'm curious though, because we're going to have to check in when we get to winter soldier. Okay. Because there's something about this experimentation on Bucky timeline that is confused that I'm more confused about now that I've rewatched this. Okay. Cause he fell off the train and they captured Zola. So when does Zola get that body and turn him into the winter soldier? We're going to find out. We'll have to find out because I'm confused yeah. now. I've confused myself. Yeah. But like you remember that they were rivals and then they weren't. Like, do you know what I mean? Sometimes it, yeah. it, it's over an 11 year period. You fill in blanks for yourself. Right. Absolutely. No. And it all stemmed from when fucking Agent Carter walked in in that dress. She is amazing. The Jesus fact, Christmas. The fact that the dance thread pays off. Oh, dude. Dude, when he's flying that fucking... I cried. I cried. Valkyrie into the ground, okay? The music that plays is the same music that we hear in Endgame when he travels back in time to Lehigh and is looking at her is the same music that plays when he gives Sam the shield. It's so good. They do such a good job with these. Come on. They do such a good job. And as we know, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Loki, the dance music that they play when they finally get to dance together in Endgame, we hear at the beginning of the season finale of Loki. It's, it's all, the way they've tied it together is so Just, great. It's Filoni-esque, dare I say. It, it is. It's very well thought. And you know what's funny is we, we want to give Feige the credit because he's like steering the ship. But at the same yep. time, he has assembled a team and created an environment for this level of thought and detail to be celebrated. And I think that's yep. so fucking gorgeous. In a world yep. where they will hand us Joss Whedon's Justice League and say it doesn't matter that none of the plot threads pay off. No, no one will know. And no that was that was what insulted me about that movie. I was like, I fucking remember the nightmare. I wanted to know how that paid off. Don't tell yeah. me I don't remember it. Like, I'm not an idiot. Yeah. This movie, these movies, this franchise understands I'm not an idiot, respects yeah. it, celebrates it. There have been some minor retcons and they own them. And then they have the nerve to in the Disney Plus series. Talk about them. Sure. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, exactly. Like right down to like oh. Wanda's accent. Your accent really just comes and goes, huh? It's like, wow. Yeah. We, 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 we talked about that. We were worried about that. We've been paying attention. Yeah. And we know you have too. Yeah. Ah, it's so good. I thought this movie was really, really fun. I thought the cast was fucking brilliant. I thought the script was great. I thought Joe did a great job directing it. What's funny is it doesn't look like any of the Marvel movies that come after it. And I think that's no. pretty, pretty cool too. No, nor should it. Yeah. You know, it's a period piece. It's, it's the period piece. So, all right. That was, uh, that was a lot. I'm out of breath. I'm sweating a little bit. I think it's, I think we need to take a break. Let's take a break. You know, CJ, this is one of our pandemic traditions that I'm so glad we were super consistent with because I really am starting to see the results of all of our work on this podcast. It's pretty great. 
Now, where are you seeing results, Andrew? Like in your midsection, um, like in your your chest area. Where where are the results happening best for you? Because I could use some. Listen, my chest area is on fire, but really, it's because my heart is so full from all the engagement we've been getting on our social media. I mean, I'm talking oh, to I'm talking to people absolutely. on the Instagram. I'm talking to people on the Twitter, and I want to do more of it. The 18 listeners have really started to engage. Uh, we appreciate you. We see you. Uh, we're very excited to have you. Yeah, so I think that, Andrew, where can where can the people who may be 19, 20, 21, where can they find us? Listen, at Icon or Ycon, both on Twitter and Instagram. And we have gotten way more active than we ever were. So remember those 15 episodes where we kind of lied to you about communicating with us? They're, it's true now. We're actually there, and we want to hear from you. So I say go for it. Just do it. Yeah. Log on, log in, trip out. <laughs> back to the show. And we're back. We are. That's it? That's all you got? That's all I got. All right, that's, that's fine. all I got to take us back from break today. That's all right. I had a thrilling break. I don't know about you, but my break was really borderline legendary. Wow. Yeah. Do you tell. I mean, there's no really nothing to tell. I just, it was a satisfying experience. That's important. I think it is. I think it is. Your break was just meh. It was meh. Meh. Well, yeah. It's a, it was like an unsatisfying fart. I, I don't think I've ever had one of those. Wow. Lucky you. What do they feel like? Describe it to me. Meh. Like. <laughs> You know, not yeah. a lot of flapping. Just <laughs> flapping, just not passing of fl- air. Oh my god, flapping! That's, probably, that's quite possibly the worst word. Well, <laughs> in the spirit of flapping, uh, I think we got a little hot and bothered about our love for the movie. Sure did. You know, I think some sure feelings, did. some feelings were felt, some passions were expressed. Absolutely. I think, I, th- I think it would be really, really helpful if we really just like sort of harnessed okay. if you will harnessed yep yep harnessed the energy uh-huh. josh of the harnessed. conversation josh harnessed you know much like zola harnessed the power of the tesseract sure for did. his weapons tech yeah we can harness the power of the story with some ephemeral questions are you saying that now is the time to leave the love fest behind and ask what worked in the flick to kick our minds and find the good and the bad and the sublime and the rhymes. And will we ever watch uh, this movie uh, another uh, time? Uh, Ephemeral uh, questions uh. leave no details behind. <laughs> you really committed to that. Every time. Andrew. Respect. Respect. Yeah. time. And did you recognize the tune? I didn't. When Captain America throws his mighty shield, <laughs> all those who chose to oppose his shield must yield. And if he's called to a fight and a duel is due, the red and the white and the blue will come through when Captain America throws his mighty shield. It's from the original Captain America cartoon. It's the theme song. I did not watch that show, so I didn't know yeah, that well, song. I didn't, I didn't either, but, you know, I know that song. Well, look at you. Look at me. <laughs> what worked about this movie for you, CJ? Oh, wow. My I know. God. I know. Just pick one thing. I mean, all of the Easter eggs, all yeah. of the threading, you know, like Howard's, if you listen to um, the weapons that Zola designs when he's using them, you hear like that's well, that was a terrible fucking impression mm-hmm. after the great German impression I did earlier. Yeah. You hear the Tony Stark's weapons, it's the same sound, right? Because yeah. the Tesseract drops in the ocean. Howard Stark finds it. He starts working with the Space Stone, etc., etc., etc. I just love how everything in this movie pays off in the end. And I love that like all of these Easter eggs are present and they're not just Easter eggs for the sake of Easter eggs. You know what I mean? They're not just, oh, this ceremony happens every 42 years and look there's the composer in the bar like they're not easter yeah. eggs for the sake of easter eggs they're there for a reason yeah they're there to like let you know like hey y'all this is all connected and this yeah. is all 
you know, important to the story, the greater story that we're telling. World so building. I think that for world building, world building, world building, and, you know, character development, man. Yeah. Like, you know, even though we, you know, er- Erskine is basically, um, you know, the doctor from the cave, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's the same sort same of. Same archetype. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, it works and it's important to Steve, you know, and I love the, the, like I talked about earlier, the progression of the shield, uh, Hydra's infiltration of the government, like that yeah. guy's from the State Department, right? Like, yeah. it's all it's it's all there. Um, and and like my favorite, my favorite, maybe my favorite part of this whole movie is the meta comic book cover. Yeah, the comic book that the kids are reading is the original Captain America cover. It's so smart, yeah. It's so so smart. I feel like this was the one where they were like, okay, guys, like. We started with Iron Man kind of like a B-level character, as you described him, right? But, like, Captain America is, like, every kid's hero. We know Captain America. Everybody knows Captain America, bro. Like, there's adults. Like, one of my favorite people on Earth, like, still wears the Captain America t-shirt. You know, like, everybody, everybody's got it. Everybody knows him. Um, And so this was the one where they're like, hey, let's do this for the fans. You know, but, like, let's make sure that we're not just doing this for the fans. Yeah. So I love it. I love it. It absolutely works for me. Um, What works for you? CJ, the pacing. Oh, yes. The pacing. You know I'm big on tone and pacing. This pacing is great. What else is so great about this pacing? It's such a genius move. Is that the screen goes to black for a few seconds before he lets us see the epilogue. Right. He and lets we hear the voice of the great Red Barber calling Brooklyn Dodgers games. He lets the story come to a satisfying conclusion before cutting directly to the epilogue. Yeah. Because he, he's a good director. He's a great director. He's a good director. And his timing is on point. And I got to say that when he starts talking to Agent Carter from the plane, and he's like, I'm going to have to reschedule that dance. And he knows they both know what's going to happen. And just for these last couple of minutes, let's not talk about what we know is going to happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's not, let's just dream a little bit. It's beautiful. It's very, very moving. It shows who the two of them are. Yes. It says Absolutely. a lot. Cause she just slips right into it. She's like, well, Saturday at eight store club and don't keep me waiting. Like she just goes right. <laughs> she goes right forward with him. It's so good. And you see her, the way you see her holding it back and she's just going to commit to this moment with him. She's going to say yes to this moment. Yeah. Yeah. And then that goddamn tear drops out of her eye, like cascades out of her eye. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And and it's earned. And I think a lot of 100% earned a lot of why that's satisfying is that the story is paced so well. I get to know what I need to know about these people when I need to know it. It is always interesting and I believe these relationships. It's so yeah. good. I think no, it's the really, character, yeah. the world building and the character is like, wow, it's really good. What didn't work for you? A uh, couple of things that uh, I had an issue with mainly one is a filmmaking thing. One is a story point. The first thing that I had an issue with was CGI Steve. Okay, I understand. I that, hate though. it. I hate yeah, it. Yeah, it really bothers you. He's too small. Like you could <laughs> like made him just a little small. Like what, he looks like a fucking second grader, man. Like it's crazy. Like when they're in the car riding, I'm like, what am I looking at? Like, honey, <laughs> I shrunk the kids. It looks crazy. Fuck. It, it looks, looks crazy. Bad. They did, it's they did a bad. good job. Okay, I mean, it's bad. Um, but when like we do get the satisfying payoff of like you know ripped Chris Evans coming out, and when when Haley Haley Atwell goes to touch his chest, like that was she's like wrong. oh <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah so good <laughs> yeah so good. The other thing that doesn't work for me, the story point that doesn't work for me is so we've just seen um, little Steve grow up into big Chris Evans. <laughs> He's chased a Nazi through the streets of New York dodged bullets like you know run over cars he's jumped into the water and pulled the nazi out of the submarine you know and like got him back 
And Tommy Lee Jones is like, nah, I don't need you in the, in the, in the army. I needed an army. Yeah. That was like, weird. Huh? Well, I mean, I get it. Like we had to show him being the propaganda machine. I get it. Yeah. But I but felt like, like, wouldn't you want him fighting? A, <laughs> yeah, of course they would. Of course they would. Anyway. Yeah. So that's, that's what didn't work for me. Um, just got your Admiral snack bar text, which is great. I'm happy you but enjoyed I would that. Like to know, I would like to know what didn't work for you. I think the Howling Commandos could have been developed further. Sure. Same problem in Wonder Woman. Right? Yeah, I, I understand there wasn't a lot of time, but um, it, it is the inclusion of actors of this pedigree that makes me believe at a certain point there was more material for them. Okay. Because all of them yeah. are so good. All of them are so, so good. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we do get one of their grandson, two of their grandsons appear in um, Marvel properties two. later. Yeah. So triplet in agents of shield. Okay. He's a descendant of a howling commando. And then of course the principal in homecoming. Spider-Man. Yeah. Which is very, very cute. I, especially cause I love that actor. I watched nine one one and I <laughs> yeah, love that yeah, actor. Yeah, I think yeah. that's so good. And I, and I, I low key have had a crush on him since the pilot of nine one one. So like seeing him in this movie and like knowing he was the principal in far from home or homecoming. homecoming. Yep. He comes back in Far From Home too, though. Does he? I believe so. They're still at school. Uh, uh, speaking of an unsatisfying fart. <laughs> you wait, what, what, no, what? Wait, what? Far From Home. You didn't like Far From Home? I I thought it could have been a lot better. I really liked Far From Home. Well, we'll get there. Jesus Christ, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Oh my God! Wait, but it, it was like it was like the it's it's the cherry on top of Phase Three. Maybe we'll see. I just, I remember again, I remember like being like, meh. Listen, listen, if you, if you are about to in six weeks, look me in the face and tell me far from home is garbage, but Captain Marvel is worthwhile. We're done. We're, we're a lot farther than six weeks away. I think from that, um, you're probably but, right, but I love Captain Marvel. No, see again, I just may, I just may love Brie Larson. I don't know. We'll see. You're really testing also, the boundaries Jude, of this friendship. Jude Law is in that movie. Listen, I do love me some Jude Law though. He's actually yeah, 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 yeah. he's he's like great in everything. Do you know what I mean? We digress. We digress. We digress. That's what didn't work for me. I would have liked more of the Howling Commandos, but possibly because of my crush on Kenneth Choi and McDonough. I said it. There we go. There we go. I'm just I'm living my truth for you. That's what you do every week. Every week. Every single week. Here on Icon or Ycon. Indeed. Does this film make your desert island top five see now i have a problem (laughs) what's your problem because captain america the first avenger captain america the civil war avengers and captain america the winter soldier with some avengers in it, it they're all so good andrew what one do i pick uh Winter Soldier. Is Winter Soldier the best Captain America? It's the best Captain America movie. Well, that's going to have to be a bonus question when we get to the end of Civil War to like yeah. see if that I'm, holds true. I'm going to go ahead and make that prediction right now that Winter Soldier is... It's because just for that one shot of like when you see it's Bucky, yeah. that thrill that you felt when you saw it was Bucky. Yeah, no, it's good. Civil War uh, falls out, but it doesn't really get there. Yeah, I think though. Yeah, this is a great movie. It's really, really good. It's not the best Captain America movie. Nah. And does it? Is it only great because of how well it pays off later? I don't know. But I know enough about what's coming to say I'm gonna have to leave it off of my desert island. But with, with the caveat that I, I reserve the right to, to send it a message in a bottle professing my love to it from the desert island. Okay. Okay. Is that fair? It is fair. Yeah. And only because I know what's coming. Yeah. Yeah. So, Andrew, I ask you, does this movie make your desert island top five? 
I'm going to say something that might be viewed as controversial in some circles. I hope so. Yes. It does. It does for one reason alone. Because what works about it can stand apart from my love of the universe as a whole. Okay. And it is not my favorite Captain America movie. Mm Mm-hmm. But if I can feel the way I feel on my third watch of this ever again, it deserves to yeah. be on the desert island. I was very satiated. It was, yeah, no, it's good. it was a good ride. And it was so shockingly hopeful without being cloying. I bought it. I bought it. Hook, yeah, line, and sinker. No, it was definitely hopeful. It was absolutely patriotic without being raw, raw American. Yeah. And like you, you were with Steve the whole time. The whole time. And then that last, that very last shot where his wig looks weird. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and you know, they start slowly retconning those facial prosthetics. Right. But right, for sure. When he's like, I had a date. I had <laughs> like, a date. Oh, my God. I had a date. <laughs> CJ. Oh. CJ. It fucking oh. got me. It fucking got Dude, that's me. That's the first time in this in this fifty minutes that we've said that. Oh, it got me. Beautiful. I was like, I was it's like, this is so great. Beautiful. This is a great movie. It's a great movie. It's so beautiful. You know, and also I do want to say, like, the Avengers commercial at the end of this movie. It's I a commercial. Hate. Yeah, like, it's it's not even it. a post credit scene. It's, it's not a, a post credit scene. Commercial. It's a commercial. It's embarrassing. Oh, yeah. Thank I God they never did that again. I had a date. And then it, that stays with you, Peggy and Steve. Yeah. We're going to find out that they broke the timeline. That's exactly what it's going to be. We're going to find out that Steve Rogers and, broke the fucking timeline. And what they're going to do is they're going to put it on us. Do you know what I mean? They're going to put it on us because we're going to have to reconcile whether yeah. we think letting Kang rise was worth it because at least Steve got to die with Peggy. Right. Well, he didn't get to die with her. He got to dance with her. He, but I mean, like, I mean, he presumably stayed with her till the end. No, she was dead. She dies in the timeline. I think they live a whole separate life together. No, they live a whole separate life together on another timeline. And then he comes back to his timeline. So he started a branch, a very long branch. And that's what fucked everything up. That's what. Yeah, I'm telling you, like, you know, I don't like to really like nerd theorize, but I think that's Yeah, no, he lived. Yeah. I, I and and like I said, I think the other one is too. I think when the ancient one gave up the time stone, she's like, "If you leave this world unguarded without its infinity stone, it's going to start a branch that's going to be cause a cataclysmic event." Yeah. And I think those two branches ruined everything. No doubt. Yeah. No, I think we're going to find out that we're right, and if we're not, we'll admit that we weren't. Yeah, but they had to reverse the snap, didn't they? Well, that's what they said. That was supposed to happen. That's what Renslayer says. What they did was supposed to happen. Yeah, they were supposed but to reverse the snap. He wasn't supposed to live with her. He was yeah. supposed to go return the time stones. He returns that stone. Yeah. So your theory about the, the ancient one is wrong. He returns that stone. That doesn't mean the branch still didn't start. It may have started, but when he returns it, it stops. Yeah, but did it get pruned? We're going to find out. Yeah. There's so much. Loki really so fucked excited. my life up. It's so good. All right. We've digressed again. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. Bonus question. Yeah. I'm in an elevator with you. You know that all I want is a spinoff of Captain America that I can put on Disney Plus. Okay. What's your spinoff pitch? Zola in the robot body. Oh. <gasps> That's actually really fun. I would watch that. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes, right. They go to Lehigh and they find out that, you know, he's the blah, blah, blah with the, yeah. And the thing I need Zola in the robot body either sometime after that and before infinity war or maybe after end game, but I want Zola in the robot body. All right. That's your pitch. That's what we're going with. Yeah. Well, I think so. Yeah. Because the plans are there. The other one that I could see happening would be um, the guy, the girl that he kisses, Princess Marjorie. Mm-hmm. 
she could have a spinoff series where like she like fights in you know like as a general in Korea or something. Okay. Yeah. Maybe get the Eternals involved there. I don't know. But, Maybe. But I want Zola in the robot body. That's my that's my dream because you see the plans. He's got the plans for it when he's picking packing up the the factory. All right. Top that, Andrew. Mine is a series called Journey to Failure. And it is everything that happened between when Red Skull held the Tesseract to when Red Skull showed Thanos how to get the Soul Stone. Oh, no. And so it's everything Red Skull learned that turned him into freaky space ghosts. (laughs) He is. He's freaky space ghosts. Because as satisfying as it was to see him be freaky space ghosts. What happened between them? He went through some shit to get to that point. That was that was not red skull by that point. So no, and it was not instantaneous. No. So there have been some spatial spiritual elemental and uh, time heisty moments that sort of turned him into that. And I think that's interesting. I think that's really, really interesting. Yeah. And I think that would be a good, a good spinoff. It's just, and it could even be animated, but if it was like that, it might even be better if it was like an anime and it was yeah. just him traveling through space. Journey to failure. And he ends up on Vormir at the end. And like, yeah. and that's, and maybe like, what if, what if after slaying a big bad, that's his gift? Be like, all right, you can live, but wow. you're the guardian of the soul stone on Vormir. Right. Damn. Come on. You know, you know I've, I've always thought about since I saw Red Skull on Vormir is if I showed up there, he'd have to say, Richard, son of Richard. <laughs> It was so weird seeing him there, but again, long game. It's great. Long yeah. game. They finally got no, off where he went because that was kind of like, what? Where'd he go? Yeah. Are we going to see him again? Yeah. Red Skull's just sure. gone. They, they were in the middle sure. of a fucking fight. Yeah. And he touched the test right. Well, it's just like the Nazi that got his face burnt off. Yeah. And then got like shot up into the sky. Same thing. So crazy. Raiders of the Lost Ark. So All right, it's time for your special award. CJ, what's your special award? Well, my special award for Captain America, the first Avenger, goes to the designated driver. Oh. Steve Rogers. I'm sorry, the award is called the designated driver. Mm-hmm. Because in Iron Man 2, before the second act, Tony gets wasted. Yeah. Right. And in, in Thor, before the second act, Thor goes out drinking with Selvig, right? And gets hammered. Steve doesn't get drunk. Yeah. He can't. He tries to. Yeah, he can't. Yeah. You know why? You know why he stays sober for this vital part of the movie? Why? Because he's Captain fucking America. Yeah. That's why. He's our designated driver. I like he gets that. The, the designated driver award. Double D. Well, I mean, Andrew, it's, it's a PG-13 show. Let's okay, sorry, sorry. Okay. Since Jesus when? Christ. I say the F word all the time. True story. Yeah. Here we go. Everybody, I give you Andrew Sotomayor and his special award presentation. My special award is called the Enchantress Award. There's way too many enchantresses in I know. comics now. There's too What's many enchantresses, happening? but... This is not related to any enchantress. Okay. This is this is related to the way, the expert way, that Agent Carter enchants Steve Rogers. For sure. Think about their flirtation. Their flirtation mm-hmm. is so far away from inappropriate. Yes. They are colleagues, and they keep it professional so hard, but it's very clear how they feel. Yeah. But they they keep that thing moving. They keep it very, very clean, very work safe. And so much so that when that newsreel happens, 
And she sees that her face is in his compass. And they look at her. She's just like, uh, she enchanted him so deeply yeah. with their interaction. He was so certain. And, and I, maybe it's because I'm getting married next week and I'm feeling very, very <laughs> sentimental. Right. But uh, I, I said this to my friend the other day. He's like, how are you feeling? And I was like, you know what? I'm the type of guy that proofreads an email three times before he sends it. I got to make sure <laughs> it's right. I'm always in a state of making sure I'm not, yeah. I don't need to make sure about this. I'm, I right. understand what this is. I'm certain about this choice. Like, and that feels fantastic. Yeah. He's certain about her. Yeah. And she's bold and her over him. that. And her yeah. him. Yeah. They know. That's why she's so mad about Princess Marjorie. Cause she's like, the hell are you doing? We're a thing. I didn't say we were a thing, but I, <laughs> I wore the red dress to get you. We're obviously a thing. We're a thing. She, yeah. Back off, she, bitch. She put that whole fierce ass outfit on to tell him to meet her in the morning. You know, she know what she, she knew what she looked like. Yeah, she no knew question. she looked incredible. No question. Yep. She knew what she was doing. She knew she looked fucking incredible turning heads at that bar. And when yep. Bucky's like, I'm invisible, <laughs> like I've become yeah. you. Yeah. Maybe, maybe she has a friend. She looked so beautiful you're gonna tell me yeah. she didn't she did that to get his attention it's so sweet 100 100 yeah it's so sweet she loves him and they're not yeah. gonna say it because they're colleagues it's such a cool relationship that That's transcends beautiful. space and time cj the enchantress award literally wow slow clap thank you now here's the final question Woo. Is this film an icon, icon. or what? It's, it's an, an icon. icon, right? It's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. We finally agree. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so good. It's so it's good. It's so good. And yeah. there, there were a lot of people that had problems with it. And, you know, oh, it's not that great. Fuck no, them. They're up. stupid. It's great. Stop talking. Yeah. It's so good. No, I loved it's it. It's so good. I loved it. So it made me so happy. Yeah. No. And, you know, uh, I mean, all of the Easter eggs. I mean, there's so many. I, I didn't even mention fucking K's. Uh, the K button, the red button, like call back to men in black. Oh yeah. You know, he's got that red button that like does the same thing that it did the card. I, it, it's, oh, it's just so good. It's, it's so, good. so good. It's very I well put it. together. And it, I it love has... revisiting it. You know, I love sharing it with my wife. Like it's just beautiful. It has such an awareness of what the fans needed too. Yes. You know, it's, sure. it's, it's very, very aware of what they wanted that Captain America movie to be. Yeah. And it was the first period piece in the bunch really. And that was really cool. Yeah, no, it was, it was good. It was a good follow-up to Thor. Um, speaking of follow-ups, uh, CJ, please continue being our guide. What is the next installment of the LaRorder? Well, I mean, with Howard Stark's work on Project Pegasus at the end of this film, with, you know, Steve being unfrozen, and then we get him, uh, you know, coming out of, uh, hibernation in Times Square in you know modern times, and Fury shows up. You got another mission? Sure do. It's time to get the team together. It's time for the Avengers. Uh, and see, and I I know I love this movie. <laughs> like that's the thing. I've I've already watched it five times. I know I love yeah. this movie. Um, I'm concerned that my opinion on Joss Whedon is going to color my opinion about this movie now. No, no, don't. No, I'm going to no, try to not, not let it. I'm going to, we're not going to go are, there. We're not going to go there. We are not here for that. You yeah. and I are here for the art of the thing. I just don't like that he abuses actors and that I know that now. I don't he's like a, that. He's a dick, allegedly, right? Like, yeah. but whatever, whatever. We're not talking about movie. Joss Whedon. We'll, we, you know, we'll, refer, we'll refer to him as the director. Yes. Okay. We won't help. even say his name. That'll be good. We won't say the name. Yeah. I mean, we may need to because yeah, maybe, that's, maybe, you know, that's what we do here, but I've had one we'll beer. I don't know what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're a one beer deer. Ah, <laughs> good fix. I was worried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh boy. All right. Well, I think we can wrap this one. This was great. Uh, CJ LaRoche, uh, thank you so much for another darling evening. You know, I was questioning 
I, I was questioning earlier this week, do I do anything that brings me joy? And it is this. So, uh, yeah, that's the truth. So for Icon or Wicon, I'm Andrew David Sotomayor. I am CJ LaRoche, and we'll MCU <laughs> next time. Next time. <laughs>